Uh, hey, guess what, man? It's Thursday, March 14th, 2013, and we're here podcasting again. Yes, we are. What's going on, Adam? Uh, not much. Just got back from Virginia, as you might um, have known. Uh, Saw some snazzy Instagram photos. I think I knew. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was cool. Went to D.C., went to uh, Virginia. I don't know if you've been to either. Like, I went to Richmond. It was good times, and like, I mean, you can listen to to all three of us talk about it on the Deranged Penguin podcast, um, the most recent one. The next episode that we do, we'll like do like part two, kind of talk about some other stuff, in case you're interested. Sweet, sweet. sweet. You know they are. Out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have been to Richmond. I've been to D.C. I saw some of your photos. Weren't you in front of the Capitol? Uh, the, uh, the Virginia one? Yeah, I was in yeah. front of that. Yeah. Thought so. Thought so. Um, over here, man. Went to Austin last weekend. Just stayed for a night. Wasn't there too long. Um, South by Southwest is going on. Still is going on, actually. The uh, music portion of the festival. So uh, that was pretty cool. Get away. Yeah. Even though like it's not really away. Like, it feels like that sometimes. Like San Antonio and Austin feel like such different parts of the world sometimes. Yeah. Now, I think... Well, that weekend feels unique because when you're there, you're not really even around people from Austin, you know? Yeah, there's a... There, yeah, it's, such a, it's a melting pot for the weekend, so, you know, San Francisco's there, Chicago, New York, so it um, feels a little bit different, but like you said, Austin's Austin. Um, all right, so what, what's on tap for today, man? Uh, you actually brought something to me that's super interesting. Um, like we talked about in our first episode... Part of the inspiration for us doing this is just to um, have a network for people to voice their opinions. You know, it, it doesn't matter if it's me or you, Adam, or whoever wants to join the network. We just want to do something that people can be heard and, you know, can launch their own product. Uh, with that being said, one of our greatest influencers is uh, Dan Benjamin. If you don't know him, he's the guy behind 5x5.tv. Um, he has an online network of radio shows if you want to call it radio. Yeah. And uh, recently he merged with, um, I don't want to say merged, but him and 70 Decibels, which is a, uh, well, previously competing podcast platform, are getting together. Yeah, I guess it was competing in the way like they were both, you know, podcast networks. But I think the guy, like I, I was never really a, a listener of their, their network, but um, that's my dog sneezing. Um they always mentioned that they were big fans, and uh, I think, like, I listened to the, their big announcement podcast, I think, uh, was it Command Space 33, and they're talking yeah. about it, and he's like, you know, he's always been an admirer of Dan Benjamin, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and so they're happy to be acquired. It frees them up to, you know, to create shows and record shows and not, like, deal with all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, so. Yeah, because it sounds like Dan has a really... Um, perfected uh, platform behind all of this. I mean, obviously his his work in design and you know being able to code and having such a rich background in, in web development and stuff. It sounds like it's easier for most people just to join his network and kind of do their thing. Um, you know, yeah. you could you could probably speak the best about that as far as just owning something, owning a brand, and trying to launch it. It's a lot of work. It's a second job. Yeah, and like I, I think. You know, I kind of do it a little bit more as a hobby and not as like a full-time gig since I like go to school and I work full-time, you know. 
yeah. but like in the in the the times and the spaces where I've had it to do like full time, um, well, I guess like like as a full on second hobby, it has been it is a lot of work, and you know I'm not complaining or nothing like that, but it is. It's like you know like coordinating schedules and trying to be interesting and thinking of topics and then making sure everything all the doing all the behind the scenes type stuff. And on this yeah. little, you know, Josephine Street Podcast Network, we don't really do a whole lot. We, we don't do any advertising um, because right. we, we keep it small and things. But um, I can only imagine if I had to add on top of, like, you know, my duties, I guess, like trying to secure sponsorships, et cetera. That seems like a pain. Oh, hell yeah, man. Um, I just think it's fascinating how um, the, the medium is changing the way people discuss stuff and things are moving online and... It's kind of crazy because I see television, I think, taking some of these same ideas and bringing it back to the tube. Uh, case in point, um, every time I go to my mom's house, she's uh, watching Bravo or whatnot. And for every television they show, television show they have on Bravo, um, they have like a talking piece afterwards where basically fans of the show and um, some host, I forget his name, I think his name is Andy. He's known in that circle, but... Uh, it's basically a talk show about the show. So it's another extension of whatever Bravo shows on that day, and they just talk more about what happened that day. I guess the same thing with, like, Talking Dead. If you watch Walking Dead, uh, immediately after the episode, they have Talking Dead, which is a show that basically discusses what happened that week. There's no difference in that besides the video between what me and you were doing. And um, people like Dan Benjamin, Leo Laporte, John Gruber, um, I think it's kind of cool that we all kind of do this in 2013. Yeah, it's um, it's like an extension of of like the it's like the natural extension of the technology. Like it used to be that you, own, you it was really expensive and really time consuming, and uh, required you know like a full team to get you know a message, a video, information, whatever the, the written word to the masses. You know, like you yeah. needed access to expensive technology, whether that had been like you know like the the first printing press or that was like, you know, the television station, the radio, you know, networks. As that's become cheaper, as technology has enabled us to all have a say, we're able to all broadcast ourselves, you know, like, and from whenever people were able to talk to each other long distance on the phone, um, you know, or read, you know, national newspapers kind of thing. Um, it just information just slowly creeping out. Um, you know, like I know about New York a lot more than I, ever would have known, say, like, in 1950, you know what I mean? Like, it would be people making, um, like, shaping my opinion to a greater extent than they do now. Like, you know, like, obviously, people still do that, but, you know, like, I have a lot more access to, 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 uh, to, to see topics. Information. Yeah, to stuff, to form my own opinion, or at least uh, remove some of the filtering, or choose my own filtering, you know? The, the content's there, the message is still there, it's just the pipes have changed. Kind of reminds me of, um, <laughs> Quick plug. There's this uh, sports bar I've been going to recently called uh, PJ's. It's out there on Callahan and 410. A little free plug. Anyway, uh, they have a jukebox, and um, it's not even a jukebox. Maybe you've seen these. It's like a touchscreen on the wall, and I think it runs Pandora. So oh. whoever walks up to it, they put in a buck, and they let them put in like um, a channel based on an artist or a song. And I'll basically spend like five to ten tracks based on that person. Nothing's local, no CDs, no tapes, no nothing. You just walk up and it, it plays jams based on uh, the artist you put in. It's a, it's a pretty cool idea for the bar, uh, you know, 
format. So it's like it's like it's like basically access to to like the the Pandora station, basically. Yeah, I think somehow it's network connected. Somehow it's network connected, and I've seen it in other bars. I just never paid attention, but pisses me off when I think of it first. It's just a network connected like Pandora that you put in a bar. You don't have to pay a DJ. It's hooked up to the internet, and all the people can play what they want. So pretty cool. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, well, like speaking of like uh, expanding or, or removing the borders and, and allowing like anybody and any anyone to participate in the story, that's kind of what Gawker is going for with that little Kinja. Um, it's like they I, have, I heard people call it a commenting system, but it's a little bit more than a commenting system. It's kind of like access to their blogging platform, you know? Yeah, J- just a little bit of background story. Um, Gawker Media is the parent company of probably some of the favorite blogs that a lot of people read. Gizmodo, um, Jalopnik, Deadspin. Um, IO9. IO9. Uh, this is the platform that breaks a lot of stories uh, here and abroad for entertainment, celebrity, sports, etc. But um, yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Kinja is their take on a commenting system so people can contribute to stories and share it, almost in a way like Tumblr. Uh, one of the best things about Tumblr, even though I'm not like a full-time user, it's so sticky. Like people see stuff and they immediately repost it, and it just spreads like like immediately, almost as fast as like a retweet. And it seems like that's what they're trying to do. If you like something, you contribute something. Um, the people, your friends that are following you, can see it like immediately. So it's like your own contribution to the story. Yeah, and it's like a, it's an extension. Like if you followed, I, I don't know how many of y'all out there have like followed Gawker in all its forms over time. Um, but they, they used to be just pretty much like one dude blogging, right? The editor. And then they, they started adding staff as they, as they grew and, um, you know, as they profited. Um, but like a lot of the people have come through the commenting system, you know, like I think uh, Drew Maggery was a, was a big time commenter. That's and awesome. Then, yeah. And then so they, they brought him up and now he writes for GQ and a bunch of other places. Yeah. I, I think, think the thing that people forget is like comments is content. So that's cool that people have come up literally started from the bottom and uh, went to the top uh, through comments. Uh, a little Drake plug there. Uh, through comments, that is pretty crazy. Yeah, like, and I was wondering, I, I, like, I, didn't, I haven't read this anywhere, so, you know, correct me if you heard anything different, but, like, I wonder if this is kind of, like, their response in a way to, like, SB Nation or a little bit like Bleacher Report, because as, as um, low of esteem, in esteem as I hold... Bleacher Report, they still are banking. You know, they got bought by Turner or whatever. They got the agreement with Turner. Um, And so, like, you know, you basically basically have to compete with that, you know? Like, yeah, you could come read Deadspin or Gawker or whatever it is that, you know, like, whatever door you enter the Gawker media empire um, by. But, you know, the other ones allow you to participate. Like, even, like, SB Nation, you could do, like, fan shots. And it's kind of, uh, it's kind of uh, what is it, curated a little bit, like by the editor of the blog, you know, say, like, I write for the Spurs one. Um, yeah. You know, like, and then I'd see, you know, you do your fan shots, and if I liked it, I get a post. And a lot of guys have gotten, have moved up the, the ranks that way there, too. So I, I, think, I wonder if this is kind of like a response to that. Like, this is how we I have to compete. That's exactly what it is. Um, content's easy to find. I don't care what the topic is, sports, tech, celebrity gossip, everyone's got it. But how you keep people engaged and coming back to your site is through interaction. And it seems like they're trying to be stickier the same ways that SB Nation did and their network of blogs. 
Um, the same way that um, ESPN does it a little bit, you know, with all the uh, different cities branching out for, for um, home cities. Um, it just seems like they're trying to be more sticky and have people involved. Um, so I don't know, man. We'll see how it goes. Uh, like you said about Bleacher Report, I don't read them too much, but you got to respect the format that they started and is giving people a chance for their voice to be heard, and I think that's all people want. Yeah, and, like, I mean, you know, this this goes back to talking about, like, uh, um, iterations of media. This is, you know, this is basically, like, letters to the editor type stuff, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it used to be that one person controlled uh, the entire message because they had more money. Now you can, you know, you start a podcast network right now, and a lot of it is merit-based, you know? Like, if it's good, people listen to you. And also, if you know influential people, there's a lot of dynamics uh, coming into play here, but... I'm excited yeah, no. about it. I, I want to see. I haven't written. I thought about it. I was like, well, now, now that I have access to potentially be published on Deadspin, what would I want to write? I have no idea. So, like, no, I that's mean, true. Yeah. I mean, we're all not trying, but we would all like to be in front of more eyes. I don't care what it is you're doing, whatever your career is, uh, whatever you do online. Every time you post a comment on Facebook or Twitter, the more people you reach, it's like a little mini, you know, pick me up inside or whatever. So, like, if you can reach more people through this platform, I think a lot of people will go for it. Um, yeah. I can't emphasize enough um, how much comments are content. People used to ask me a lot, you know, why do you put a particular story on Facebook or on Twitter or vice versa? And the truth is, it's like I want to hear what people's opinion is about it because, like, you know, my opinion isn't the gospel. And um, whatever someone else has to say, I do value. And um I think what the, that's what these companies are realizing is the more people that interact and, and give feedback, you know, there's value there. Uh, I mean, Facebook knows it. Hell, they do ads based on what you comment on. So yeah, yeah, like Facebook is nothing without our the input. People. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, you, you said something that reminded me of something else. You said something reminded me of something. Jeez, <laughs> uh, I can't remember. I'll, I'll Comments, just, I, content. Yeah, Twitter, I think you know what you know what it was about the comments that uh, a lot of times on Deadspin in particular, I would go back to read the comments because they were funny, you know, and like oh, yeah. you know, like it was just a throwaway story that anybody could say. It was like news of the day, and they were just kind of blurbed. It was like, yeah, Dennis Rodman went to you know uh, North Korea. It's like it's like seventy words, and but all the comments underneath that would be the reason I go to Deadspin to check on that and that kind of thing. Exactly. It almost seems like comments have spun off in a weird way into memes because now people are taking photos and like, you know, putting their comment on the photo as a way to express themselves. It's just crazy, man. Yeah, it's like, uh, I think it's like ED, uh, EDSBS, I can never say it in like verbal form. Um, Every day should be Saturday. That is kind of like how a lot of people have gotten really popular is like based off their, uh, their gifts and things, their college football gifts. And the weird stuff over there on that on that side. So yeah, like it is it is participative and that's awesome. I like it. Media man, media just keeps on changing. I was talking to a buddy today, and um, we we're just talking about whole the the whole Pacquiao thing and how he got knocked out. And I feel like it's the wrong time period to get knocked out because people are gonna take jabs at you, quote unquote, so much in this era. You know, if you do something on national TV, same thing with Beyonce. She was making the crazy faces during the Super oh, Bowl, yeah, yeah. and everybody ran with that. It's just like 2013, man. It's crazy. Don't do anything wrong because <laughs> it'll turn into like a freaking worldwide phenomenon overnight. I think if I think you gotta you gotta do it like 
take the attitude that I did once upon a time. I fell down in high school. Like I was like it was after like a homecoming, like pep rally or something. And I was getting with my friends were all getting up and I slipped on the bleachers and like kind of busted my ass. Yeah. And instead of getting like, oh, I'm like in a huff or something like that, because I've seen people like, you know, stuff happens in high school. People fall down or something like when they get all embarrassed. I just kind of sure. rolled with it. I think if like you're Beyonce, I think that her mistake was not so much making faces. It was it was her mistake was trying to cover that up. And like, correct. You know, yeah. You know what I mean, like, just roll with it. Be like, yeah, that that's the face yeah. I make when I'm, you know, out there performing for millions. You know what I mean? That's how I, how I do it. I agree, man. Embrace it. And uh, usually you can turn stuff like that around into just more money. Embrace yeah. it. Appreciate people who are actually thinking and talking about you and drop an album that next week and you'll kill it. Hmm. Which reminds me, man, do you think, like ever since that whole, um, what is that dude's name? PNY? PSY? Psy? Oh, yeah. 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 Ever since that, don't you kind of feel like everything's manufactured as far as the marriage of dances and music? Um, what's that latest one? Um, the Harlem Shake? Oh, uh, I I don't know so much. I think I think like things that go viral. It's weird. It's like a it's a combination of like luck, timing, and all that stuff, and like like the right kind of formula. I don't know if that was planned. It just kind of was, you know. Just like all of a sudden, everybody yeah. they found something that was easy to easily reproducible. I think that that's really the thing there. It's like that that. Uh, that um, the Psy thing. What the hell is that song called? The uh, Gangnam Style. There you go. Yeah. Like yeah. that That picked up partly because it was like quirky and a weird video, but also it was easily reproducible. Like everybody could do the dance. Exactly. And that's always kind of been it. Like dance crazes start because everybody could do it. And like, you know, you can even talk about tech that way that like uh, Apple got really big is because it was easy and to use. That was the number one thing. That's what they try to make it. Uh, like your, even your mom could use it. Just easy, just works. That kind of thing. So there's a formula. There's a formula to everything. I think yeah. is what you're trying to say. And um, yeah, you're probably right. I think it was timing, and just that magic sauce of stuff going going viral at the right time. I guess it's the conspiracy theorist in me that it just feels so manufactured. But because it, it's like Justin Bieber, right? Supposedly he's this guy that came out of nowhere. He recorded some videos on YouTube. Uh, some teenage girls fell in love with him. He got a record deal, and the rest is history. It's funny because like there's photos on the internet, literally, of him and Usher like back in '99 hmm. together. You know, he's been in the showbiz uh, ecosystem for a while. It's just that the way they delivered him to the public was through the web to make it seem like, oh, this kid came out of nowhere. And I can't knock their hustle. I mean, it's 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 marketing in a way, but. Uh, that's just a conspiracy theorist in me. <laughs> yeah, like I, I gotta admit, I'm not up on my my Justin Bieber uh, history. I gotta look at the Wikipedia page or something like that, I guess. But I don't know how much that like that has been the case as long as there's been people. Like people have been controlling the message. There've been manufactured politicians, manufactured war heroes. All this stuff is manufactured all the time. If you think anything is really and truly organic, I mean, then you know. You're mistaken. Yeah, I got bridge to sell you that kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. I think like again, I, I'm I'm like a cynic, so I I suspect that a lot of that stuff is like you know like you know I like a lot of Apple stuff, but I'm not in love with them. Like you know, I think we've talked about this before. Like I'm not like whatever they say. I'm just waiting for the next their next product. And I'm gonna buy it. You know, no questions asked. Correct. Um, yeah, but I I do recognize that I'm I'm easily influenced because I'm a person, and that's you know like there's been hundreds of years and thousands of years of science to 
figure out how to separate me from my money. You know what I mean? So exactly right. No, exactly right. Um, it, it's a science, man. And every time I think about it, marketing is just like a crazy subject to think about because it controls so many opinions and it can sway the minds of so many people, even if the product isn't good. Um, when you're talking about just delivering the message and and media and stuff, um, when that Andy Rubin news hit, uh, Andy Rubin is the uh, previous uh, vice president of Android, which is the operating system Google runs. They released that uh, headline literally like in the evening uh, yesterday, Wednesday, um, before Samsung announced their, their Galaxy S4. It almost seems like they did it deliberately to take some of the shine off of the announcement that was going to happen today. Like to me, it just it can't be by coincidence. Uh, not to mention Phil Schiller came out and said some stuff to the journal and um, uh, just about his overall opinion of Android and stuff. And, you know, you got to they got to control the message. They're doing what they can to uh, keep the spotlight on them. Yeah. Like uh, I just had a funny story about like the my two nephews that but I forgot it and I forgot a lot of the details. Um, also, I'm drinking wine right now. Uh, no, but like, go. I mean, but like, yeah, dude, that 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 is how that stuff is. And like I said, I think the same way that you know you got to roll with the punches. Like, if you get memed, you know, what I mean, if you become a meme, I think you just kind of you have to learn how the game is played and learn to play it well. And you just can't really complain about it. Like, oh, it's just marketing. Yeah, it's been marketing, dude. It's been marketing for a long time. Quit complaining and get Correct. a better marketing team or whatever the case may be. Um, are you excited about that Galaxy S4, by the way? Um, I wouldn't say excited. I think more or less as a consumer, I'm just happy to be in this space right now. And what I, I mean agree. by that is they're they're super competitive right now. They, as in all the phone manufacturers, we've talked about this before, um, Apple, HTC, Sony, uh, Samsung, um, Nokia, RIM, well, not RIM anymore, BlackBerry, but hmm. it's just a cool time as far as competitiveness and consumer choices. Um, it's not about Android and Apple or, or iOS or whatnot. It's just about like who can make the most badass product. You know, I'm game with it, I'm ready. Um, so, as far as the Galaxy S4, uh, I appreciate some of the things they're doing. Obviously, that was the uh, story of the day today. Um, just to run off a few of the highlights. Um, they're doing some pretty crazy stuff. They have a, a camera in the front, obviously, but um, if you just wave your hand in front of the phone, that's how you literally browse uh, the web. So if you want to go forward to the next page, let's say you're on Josephine Street Podcast and you want to go back to uh, Dapper Dialogue, you would literally just wave your phone in front of the lens. They're, they're definitely doing some crazy stuff. That seems like it'd be really cool, but it also seems like that would get kind of frustrating. Um, I, I have to see that in person, like actually mess with it for me to like have a full opinion on it. Because that seems awesome. Um, like, you know, like one thing I didn't like was like the gest gestures for the for the mouse, you know, like this this guy, the magic mouse. Uh, but like now, anytime I get like a regular mouse, I'm like, oh, this is a this is a dumb mouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. This mouse no, no, you're listen. right. Yeah, it, it does sound kind of novel. Um, I guess it reminds you of uh, what was that Tom Cruise movie uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, Minority okay. Report. Right. When he's standing in front of the screens and is waving his hands and stuff. Um, 
I think it's novel in the sense that you wouldn't do that too often. Maybe if you're eating Wingstop or something like that, and you don't want to touch your phone. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think it will make for a good demo in the Verizon and AT&T stores. But yeah, for the most part, uh, seems kind of gimmicky. But again, I just appreciate the effort to try and innovate, like I said. Because if they don't, you know, everybody else is going to rest on their laurels. Yeah, you get, like they can't leave Apple to come up with everything, right? Like Apple came up, like they were the first to market with the modern smartphone as is, despite, you know, with the Samsung, tried to uh, sue them for it, whatever. But like, you know, like that that's, I, I do like it. Like Siri, I don't know what your opinions are, uh, are on Siri. I think that's, it's kind of cute. I don't love it. Like, you know what I mean? I hardly use it. But when I do use it, it's kind of useful. Like I don't feel like typing, like my hand is just tired. I'm, you know, first world problems here. I'm just like, ah, I just don't feel like Googling something. I'll just ask Siri, like, hey, Siri, search the web for blah, 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 you know? And then yeah. she does it, and that's fine. And for me, that's all I need it for. So when it, having it there, like maybe, like you said, you're eating Wingstop, and you're like, you know what, dude, I just really don't want to mess up my phone right now or smudge it up. Let me just browse the internet like this, waving my hand over the screen. That's, on, that's fine. No, no, you're right. Um, I was just telling a buddy today that, I think we're getting to the point now where, you know, smartphones have been out for over a decade and for the most part we're just dealing with a four to five inch piece of glass that um, has a processor or whatever and, and some radios. How much more can you do to innovate? So these companies are really stressing uh, unique ways to do something different. So like you said about Apple and Siri, um, not something most people use, um, not out of this world mind blowing. but. I think they're just trying to figure out ways to enrich uh, the product and keep people coming back to buy. Uh, no different from, I don't know, when, when Ford had the Model T and finally they introduced like automatic drive or whatever. They're just trying to en enrich the product. Um, but it, it's definitely getting tough now to be different. So I don't know, man. I appreciate the space everyone's in and you know the playing field is level. Now it's about you know who who's going to step up to the plate and um, put up the best uh, batting percentage. Yeah, like, like like you said before, I think what like uh I'm a, I'm in I'm squarely in, in the Apple ecosystem. Um I'm not looking really to buy another phone even period. Like I'm not going to buy a, the 5 and wait to the 5S probably. But I always keep up with all these phones. Like uh you just sent me the uh the Verge's uh, Samsung Galaxy, you know, everything you need to know. I'm going to read it. I'm going to keep up with it. And when somebody has it, I'm going to browse it. Uh, but I'm not really looking to buy it. And once I see, like, my biggest thing is, like, the whole ecosystem. I like Apple's ecosystem more than, you know, like, it's more than just a phone. Like, I didn't buy the 4S because of Siri. I bought it because it was the latest and greatest of this, uh, you know, the the Apple, the, the doorway into the Apple ecosystem. Yeah. Um, and so, like, once I see something similar from, like, I don't know, like, I want to see, like, Samsung or, like, Google or, like, Android then, you know, I'll be happy to do that. I kind of agree with Phil Schiller saying, like, yeah, you got to sign up for, like, nine different services to get the same experience that you get over here. It's just not integrated yet. And once that happens or once somebody sets that up, then maybe I'll give it a serious look. That's kind of interesting that you brought that up. Um, what's fascinating about Samsung and just the Galaxy brand in general, um, someone did a study recently, I think Gruber linked to it, that as far as brand awareness, the term Galaxy is leaps and bounds ahead of the term Android. Yeah. Really think about that as far as a concern to Google. You know, when people go to a Verizon store now, or AT&T or Sprint, they're saying, hey, I want the latest and greatest Galaxy. That, that's that got to be a concern for them. 
Um, you can see Samsung branding all of the features on the phone, S Pen, S Voice, uh, all of these different things. So as an Apple fan, it is kind of cool to see another company at least trying to attempt to create that ecosystem. Uh, one of the things I talked about tonight was you know, if you own a Samsung TV or whatever, you can shoot content back and forth between your device uh, and the TV. Or if your buddy has a Galaxy S4, um, not even having to bump, there's like a little mesh network where you can share photos and video. I appreciate that. Obviously, my iPhone can do it um, yeah. with Apple TV and stuff, but you appreciate they're at least trying. Yeah. And um, a lot of these other companies are just, like you said, nine different services, uh, depend on a third party to do it, and uh, we'll get to you later. And that's just 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 lazy. Yeah. Um, like speaking of that, like I think one example where uh, what kind of sucks is like, um, I don't know, like. Did, did you, uh, were you were you a Google Reader user? Um, I, I mean, I've used it before, but I wasn't like you know gung ho or whatnot. Um, just another classic example of them getting rid of something. Uh, why? Uh, because I was. Yeah, and I'm I'm a little like I don't want to say like freaked <laughs> out, but I'm kind of like. That's kind of my go. I realized I didn't realize until like this week, and you know, everybody talking about like Google Reader dying, how much I used it. Like, I was like, wow, that's like one of my most frequently checked things. Like, I realized I check my mail, my email, you know, I check Twitter, and I at the same time, I have like Google Reader open just to browse like the latest stuff, even if I don't like read everything and I just mark a bunch of stuff at read as read. I scan yeah. it for like some headlines. I'm like, oh, let's see what's going on nothing big or hey look this looks interesting here you know um and i'm like they're they're just gonna shutter it and uh no, it, it is it's scary because it's something weird yeah go ahead man it is scary because it's something you i wouldn't say depended on but really liked and there's thousands of other people that had that same experience um i don't know man google's weird we've talked about it before with wave and other stuff they just get rid of things and it's just i guess it's hard to tell what they're thinking like for me and you we're geeks, so the way we do stuff is different as far as consuming content. But I'm guessing that for the for the for the most of the population, they're getting most of their stories socially, probably through yeah. Facebook and stuff like that. So um, it's not an excuse for them, but they have to be studying the behavior of everyone in the masses, and maybe they don't feel it's necessary um, as a cost to them. I just wonder what information they're looking at to come to this conclusion. Yeah, like obviously they want to create like the other like Facebook. Um, you know, like I don't want to reveal too much work information, but like we get a lot. One of these projects we're working on, like Facebook, is a big driver of of content there. You know, and yeah. um, I mean, it's like Facebook and like Twitter is like third on the list. It's crazy. Like Yahoo Answers, like number two, um, and obviously Google wants a piece of that. Like it used to be that the way you got information on the web was like you searched for it, or you had a portal. It was like Yahoo or AOL or one of these things and you know like it was that if you didn't know if it wasn't there then you're like okay let me look for it and that's where google got in they they were um the masters and are the masters of search now Correct. now like you said we get a lot of information socially or i guess in like the if you look at it like the sociologist kind of thing we are now getting our information again via social media like whether Correct. that used to be just like informal networks just talking on the street like hey man did you hear that what you call that happened now it's you're on Twitter, like, hey, oh my God, Google Reader's dying, and I'm like, what? You know what I mean? So that kind of stuff is happening. People are sharing on Facebook, sharing on Twitter, um, but for me, I still use that kind of things. I think for for certain people, certain sets, and um, 
I don't know, like, I guess it's too small to care about. Or, like, Google thinks, yeah, they can get it from somewhere else. Um, obviously, Google wants to get those people that rely on readers, like RSS readers, and, and that, like, you know, scrape blogs and things, to get, get over on iGoogle or Google Plus or whatever the hell they're calling it now. That's funny. I was just about to say that. Um, unfortunately, this is America, and uh, it's capitalism, <laughs> and they have board of directors. So, yeah, I think what's going on is they're putting all their attention to funnel all of the hearts and minds of their their um, their users through probably Google Plus and and uh, and the browser. I was just talking to a buddy today about how Samsung, you know, being so important as far as um, the Galaxy brand over Android. I wonder if they'll ever turn away from Android and what would they do without Google Search and things like that. And um, you know, he responded to me. You know, everyone uses Google. You got to have Google on the phone. And I was telling him like. Not necessarily because most people are in portals nowadays. They're in Facebook. They're in Instagram. They're in Twitter. Uh, they're in iMessage. Uh, me and yeah. my friends share links all day in iMessage. And for Google, they never get a chance at that information. Yeah, so it, it sounds like they're trying to funnel people through a direct path to where they can um, um, put it through SEO and, and put it through analytics and figure out what the hell we're thinking about. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Like, there's lots of communication still that is not routed through one of Google's, I don't know, like mediums, you know, one of their yeah, their platforms. Yeah, and it, it's happened through history. I mean, you know, like we talked about at the end of the last show, we all used AOL in the '90s, and the only way we could search the interwebs was in AOL, and there'd be nothing up because really the internet hadn't blown up yet. But what came next? Netscape Navigator, right? So Netscape's here. Finally, you got like a real internet. You can kind of search around. This is cool. Mm. Okay, so Microsoft responds and puts Internet Explorer native on every uh, Windows version from that point forward. So everyone starts using IE. Okay, this is cool. This is cool. What comes next? Mozilla Firefox. So it, it keeps changing that window, you know, for people to search for stuff. And um, it, it's it's just another battle, man, that we're talking about between all these companies trying to uh, get the hearts and minds of, of, of people. Yeah, like, uh, you know, I guess at one point in time, like, Apple was a darling, you know, in the 80s, and then it kind of kind of lost its way and then became a darling again. Um, Google, for me, has always kind of been a darling. I always thought it was awesome. I thought Gmail was awesome, even though it was in beta for, like, 18 years or whatever it was. I'm exaggerating. Uh, but, like, uh, oh. and then, like, you know, Google Reader was awesome. I was always trying to get people on that. And, you know, um, you know, back when it was like there, were, there, there was no Twitter, uh, but they've been missing a lot, you know, like they, they did. It wasn't just Google Buzz. It was Google Wave. It was like, you know, like, I don't know. I don't use iGoogle. I don't know who uses that. But like Google Plus, I don't use that. You know, like I have it. I have like the plugins, widgets for like the three people that use it. But I, I, I never find myself organically on there. I still have the, I have the Google Plus app still for some reason. But I don't know when the last time I've opened it. And honestly, like, gun to my head, I couldn't even tell you where it is on my phone. Like, where is it? Yeah. Where do you, how, what, what row do you have it in? What page do you have it in on your iPhone? Like, dude, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. No, man, I'm, I'm the same way. No, I think we're nomads. Uh, I think uh, people probably listening to this show are unique in the sense that we, we dabble in several different areas. But for most people, man, as long as they got Google.com, dude, like, there's, there's, no, there's no issues. You know what I mean? They're, they're so used to Google.com and, I don't think they're that um, uh, into Gmail and 
uh, uh, reader and everything else that as long as they got google.com they're 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 happy um, when you were talking about just like you know Google being on edge and just kind of I think all these companies are uh, everyone's on edge they're, they're scared of the next threat um, one of the best articles I read last year is about how Dell incubated uh, uh, was it Asus or was it um, Acer? Uh, one of those. I think it might have been Asus, but I think it was sure. Asus. How um, you know they developed their their motherboards for years, and one day out of nowhere, you know Asus mm. is like, hey, we're going to start doing our own PCs. So it's like all these companies are scared to have these relationships because you never know what's going to come of it. Uh, the same thing happened with Apple. Uh, Samsung developed all of their um, their chips for about uh, five years as far as like in their devices and stuff. And out of nowhere, here comes this behemoth, uh, Samsung launching this phone or whatnot. So I guess my question is, how scared is Google of not just things like Reader not being relevant anymore, but the fact that they don't have a device to control where everyone can use their services. And if Samsung just steps away one day, what do they do? All of a sudden, their number one selling phone that has their services on it you that made, that basically took off off of their baby Android, right? Yeah, I don't know, man. That that's uh, it reminds me of uh, one of my like family friends. He he went off like in a tirade, and he was like, "Oh man, we've trained so much of our competition; it's so ridiculous." Um, you know, like they bring them in, show them the business, try to bring them up, like you know, bring them up through the company, but they'd go off and start the same company, you know, elsewhere and compete against them. You know what I mean? Correct. And yeah, that, that's what have on some level that is the way of things, you know, because you can't really control. You can put like you know like non compete agreements and this and that, but yeah, in general, it's good for everyone that Samsung went off and, and made a cool phone. Um, but it's it's bad for Apple, you know what I mean? Because like you know that that was kind of Apple's baby. Um, I don't know. I'm ambivalent about that, like. You know, if I'm a business it's, owner, I'm like, oh, how do you stop this? But if I'm a consumer, I'm like, yeah, let's keep it going. <laughs> I think the dude that has the, the best grasp on all of this is, um, um, I was about to say hypercritical. Um, God, <laughs> what is his name from a Simcoe? No, no, a oh, Simcoe no. blog. Um, uh, oh, Horace. Uh, that's you. Yeah. Yeah, Horace is so good, man, at like really getting down to the core of, of – what these companies are thinking and what what their threats are and what can happen going forward because to me when Google bought Motorola it wasn't just about patents it was about the Galaxy being the best selling phone and if they decide to march away and let's say put Bing services on their device yeah. all of a sudden you're beholden to someone else um, I think it was Steve Jobs that said if anyone's gonna um, if anyone's gonna um, you know eat us alive it's gonna be um, our very own, our very own product. Hmm. Um, yeah, like I don't know, I don't know where it's going tonight. If I did, I'd be rich. Uh, <laughs> now, someone, someone yeah. studying this, I, I promise, yeah. man. We need to yeah. be consultants or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting time, and like like you said, it's it's a great time for the consumers right now. I think there's there were different times in in America where like one company controlled like all the technology and all like the research. There's like AT&T, like Bell Labs, like Ma Bell. Like they had so much cool stuff there. I mean, like even um what's his name? Like uh Apple got the idea for the the GUI interface uh based off of Xerox thing, right? Like that's Yeah, Xerox Park. Yeah. 
Um, like they were just, you know, like we have this great idea, we don't know what to do with it. So, like, what would you rather have? Like a company just kind of like, you know, in business for a long time, but just has all this wasted technology because it doesn't suit their business model, or somebody breaking off, taking that idea and running and changing the world, basically. I don't know. I like I like healthy competition. I don't like when, you know, Southwestern Bell has sixty percent of you know the country, as far as telephone services and. There's no competition whatsoever. Um, I think it's about healthy competition, but unfortunately in this country, there's lobbyists and money, so that makes it tough yeah. for I the think, little guys yeah. to get in. Um, been thinking about copyright stuff this whole week also, and that just it gives it gets me mad. All the, the our current copyright system, I think it's ridiculous, uh, but I don't want to get into it right now because I'll just I'll go off on a long rant. Yeah, no, that's another show. Um, what was I listening to the other day where they were talking about? Uh, copyrights and patents. Um, I think it was FaceTime. When they first announced FaceTime on uh, the iPhone 4, it was supposed to be like an open protocol where any company could use it, Skype, MSN, uh, Gtalk, or whoever. But it ended up being just a private um, protocol that Apple uses. And the reason is he got sued. He Apple got sued by this guy <laughs> in East Texas, just some loner dude that had a patent way back in the 70s for passing video over uh, an inter- a network connection and that pretty much prevented Apple from making FaceTime a big thing. That's stupid. See, and again, that's dumb. It's like super vague, you know, like method for talking to other person by a device. It's like, what? You know what I mean? That it covers everything from talking and can connected by a string to, you know, um, voice over IP. It's stupid. Yeah, like... um I know it's needed in some areas. Uh, I remember during the debates during the election, Mitt Romney brought up uh, this American company that had a certain screw, just a simple screw that you put in uh, like hardware and stuff. Yeah. And uh, some company in China started redeveloping it and uh, shipping it worldwide. And, um, you know, that American company, their, their profits plummeted. So, you know, every now and then it's needed. But for the most part, it's um, it's bad for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Um. What else we have? We we're about done with our little topic list here. Anything else? Did you want to uh, strike a fancy? What's up? Do you want to talk briefly about that um, uh, ESPN thing with uh, first take and Bill Simmons? And Bill Simmons. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Let's uh, break it down. He got suspended from Twitter, right? Like, yeah, man. Um, Mickey Mouse came in and said, "You know what? You're talking too much on uh, the the Twitter." The, the tweeters. Now, uh, Bill Simmons is a columnist, if you don't know, from um, ESPN and Grantland. Uh, super respected. He's been there about 13 years. Um, really opinionated. Good guy. Um, first take, the television show on ESPN had him on. Well, not him on, but they had a player on, uh, Richard, Richard Sherman, Sherman from yeah. the Seahawks. And uh, it got kind of heated. It was a little bit um, tasteless and uh, probably what, what you wouldn't see on ESPN all the time. And uh, Bill sounded off on Twitter, and um, they the, the only comments he really said was it was tasteless, and uh, ESPN should be ashamed, and everyone involved should be ashamed, and uh, Disney shut him down, man. Yeah, they they told him to to kind of sit back and don't be on Twitter for a while. It goes back to our first episode. Um, you know, would you give in to 
ESPN if they're going to offer you a deal for one of our shows. Um, and ultimately, it's like no, because if you're going to, you know, muzzle me, you know, based on what I can and can't say, you know, why even have a voice? Yeah, why even have a show if it's going to be just like ESPN talking through me? I'm just going to be a talking puppet for him. Um, I don't know, like, it, but on the other hand, you know, he's got. He, I think one of the reasons he's so respected is not just because, uh, you know, like he's opinionated, but that he's um, he's kind of fought for his ability to say what he wants to say in the way he wants to say it. Um, like, I think, you know, like I was more of a fan of his, say, like 2001 when he was just a sports guy to about yeah. like 2007, 2008. I think as he's gotten bigger, like I become, you know, I just kind of like I think my tastes have changed a little bit, but I still respect him and I'm still a fan. Like, you know, he's done Grantland. He's done. Yeah, ESPN oh, thirty for thirty. You yeah. know, like the classic uh, indie band that made it big. Don't support them anymore. <laughs> no, man, I'm a, I'm a hipster at heart. I liked it before it was big. You know, like <laughs> I like his earlier stuff better. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, but he's. I think he gets in trouble, and I think this this wins more fans because you know, like one of the reasons Grantland is Grantland and not like ESPN, you know, page two still is. Because it has like sort of editorial control, and you can say like fucking shit over there where you can't say that on the mothership site, you know. Correct. And um, yeah. By the way, you know, I I had a go dot com email address back when I was fifteen. Nice. Yeah. Um. And it, yeah, and it sounds like well, it sounds like, but you know, Grantland was ESPN's answer to Bleacher Report and SB Nation, and they want to be that that third opinion that people. Um, get you know kind of raw or whatnot i'd argue that they were more like the response to the classical like those guys trying to get together and do like a high-minded really smart take and not next level yeah not like not dead spin but like serious think pieces or pop culture kind of stuff like it's kind of morphed into like this big giant thing but as i understood it if you know if i have my timelines correct they were trying to do that kind of thing yeah, so it's like, you know, you have this guy that created this separate, or not created, but, you know, he's influencing this brand for you, yeah. and, uh, you know, they're they're shutting them down. Um, that's why I think more people are turning to the web for their sports opinions. Uh, if you sit there and just watch ESPN, um, you're not always going to get a fresh take, and you don't know whose take that is, more importantly. Excuse me. I think they also, um, you know, like, yeah, they they've, they have that classic... Or not, like, they have that scary bias thing. I mean, because, like, they've, they covered up the, uh, that Syracuse thing, that Bernie Fine thing for a while. Like, they knew about it before, like, for, like, two years. They also, um, like, what else was it? The, uh, the, the, dude, uh, Lene Kakua thing. No, well, that, dude, but, like, the Lene Kakua, the, yeah. what is the dude's name? I can't even think of that guy's name right now. It's messed up that I think of his fake girlfriend's name before I think of his name. Well, the problem is it's the Notre Dame, so nobody cares. No. Uh, Teo, Teo. Yeah, Mentai Teo. Um, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, they knew about that, too, or, like, you know, they kind of didn't want to know about it. You're going to get a slanted take. Like, I've always felt like that, like, especially if you live in San Antonio, uh, you know, everybody's always talked about how, like, they don't care about us, you know, like, they only want to talk Lakers. Well, yeah, they kind of only do want to talk Lakers because that, that is what they're all about. You know, we talked earlier about, like, uh, they're trying to make money. They're like, you know, Google's, they have board of directors to, to deal with. ESPN has the same thing. They have to turn a profit at the end of the day. And talking Spurs, 
whether that's, you know, whatever that means to you, doesn't bring in the dollars the same way having Skip Bayless argue with Richard Sherman about nothing, really. Nothing, and, really. Yeah. yeah. On that note, what you were saying about the Spurs, um, I think this happens when brands are, are married too close to together. I don't care if you're Comcast and Universal, NBC, or the NFL and ESPN. Um, I've seen cases where the NFL made ESPN pull certain headlines down and certain stories all because it was a little too close to heart. Um, I think SI knew about the Ben Roethlisberger uh, rape thing in Georgia a long time ago, and they chose not to run it. Or maybe it was ESPN that chose not to run it. So um, that's what happens when too much money is involved and your your, your partners are are too close to the uh, business model. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of uh, speaking of competition – like I'm rooting for the NBC Sports Network to to do some things and Fox Sports One and all these other guys, just because like they're gonna have to be competing for sports leagues and whatever, but also like scooping each other. Like the league that you don't have, well, you're gonna be reporting on it. Like and you have you could come at it with like these hard hitting takes that you couldn't that you otherwise couldn't. You know what I mean? Like correct. Um, yeah. Well, I guess you know it may not exactly be like that because then they they all have deals with the league in some form or fashion like fox has like the you know fox has has uh nfl deal nbc does and so does espn but it's more clean it's more for the normal person which is cool that that's mass america pg-13 but i still love like me some hard knocks on hbo you know yeah i want to see some real stuff we'll see man yep we see good show good show We'll do it again uh, next week. Not too much news coming up, but uh, we'll find some interesting stuff to keep you guys uh, busy on your commute to work or whatever you're doing listening to this. Yeah. Um, how can you find the show? How did you find the show in the first place? That's interesting. That's more interesting, I guess, than how you find it next time. But uh, you want to go to uh, josephinestreetpodcast.com. Uh, I've, I've still yet to create an iTunes feed because I've been in Virginia. But I'm going to do that this weekend. Got it all done. I did. I created a, a Twitter account for Josephine Street Podcast. I did that while I was waiting at the airport for two hours. So let everybody know behind the scenes how the sausage is made. It's made. Multi, <laughs> multitasker, getting it done. Yeah. America. Yeah. So uh, how, do we find, how do we find you, Brandon, on, online? You can find me, uh, Twitter, at Brandon Germain. Uh, same thing on Instagram and uh, as far as Facebook goes, facebook.com forward slash the Brandon Jermaine. Drop me a line. Sweet. Yeah. And uh, I'm Asterix Skin on Twitter. But, um, you know, go to Josephine Street Podcast. You'll find everything you need to know about everything in this life. Pretty much, I think. I think that'll, that'll solve all your problems there. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I think we're out. out. See you next time. Peace.